the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 630 KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of the Church of the Week program, Directory of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria. And I am so excited that we are in studio today with, uh, with an icon of San Antonio, with a pastor that is known by a lot of people here. Uh, we're excited to launch our Church of the Week, where we are featuring a, a local pastor, a local church. And our desire is that you, our listeners here uh, on this station, will listen to um, what the pastor has to say, that you might uh, find out a little bit more about him personally, about his background, about who he is as a person as well as finding out more information about uh, their particular ministry, um, what's going on there, what God is doing there. And we hope that you'll hear something that you like and will intrigue you enough to say, you know what, I need to drop by there. I need to go visit this church. I really like what they said. I like what they teach. I like what their vision is. And uh, that's our desire. So today uh, we have in studio... Uh, pastor Les Holland. He's the senior pastor of Trinity Baptist Church. And before we uh, open up the mic to let him uh, say hello to you guys and, and talk a little bit about uh, what's going on with his life and his ministry, let me give you just a little bit of a background. Uh, pastor Les Holland is a graduate of Baylor University. He was selected as the outstanding senior man for uh, leadership and service. Leslie uh, holds the Master of Divinity, the Master of Theology, and the Doctor of Philosophy from Southern Seminary, uh, Southern Seminary of Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, he completed special studies at Trinity University, Vanderbilt, Divinity School, and Fuller Theological Seminary, received various honorary degrees and earned cert- certifications, including his being inducted into the Board of Preachers at the Martin Luther King Jr. Hall of Fame for Preachers at the International Chapel of Morehouse College. Wow. Leslie Holland is a pastor. He's a preacher, a professor, and an author. Among his various responsibilities are the chairman uh, for Reconciliation Networks of Our World, leadership with the Baptist World Alliance, and board member for San Antonio's United Way. Uh, Pastor Holland, I don't think I'm worthy of conducting this interview. <laughs> Mark, I'm humbled to be with you. Thank you. <laughs> wow, this is, this is absolutely amazing. Give us a little bit of a background uh, about you as a person. Just introduce yourself to everyone that's listening in. Well, first, Mark, I want to thank you and KSLR for your, your connecting, your creating community in the San Antonio region yeah. and allowing uh, churches to be in this joint partnership with you and allowing me to join you for kind of day, today's conversation. Absolutely. The uh, the absolute delight of, of being in community in San Antonio is that this is an incredible city. Mm-hmm. You know, in 1968, when we had the, uh, the hemisphere here, I was just a boy growing up in the hill country in a, uh, Bernie. Yeah. And I could see the turn beginning to take place from a, a regional city to really uh, uh, the hemisphere and really a global view. And then I was away from the state for about 30 years and returned uh, to come to Trinity as pastor. You and, repented and came back. 
You know, I just <laughs> not only crossing the Red River to get again into Texas, but yeah. to get into San Antonio River, yeah, you know, uh, where the real baptism of the water counts. There you, you know? go. Yeah. And uh, t- t- but through the years, I've stayed really connected to the yeah. kind of the vibrant heartbeat of of San Antonio, and could just feel that this truly is a a global city. Mm-hmm. And uh, the natural kind of flow of uh, the Tejano culture with yeah. just all of it coming so naturally is a beautiful model, mm-hmm. um, you know, for our world as a whole. Trinity has been a part of that, of course, in the very beginning. Where our church began in 1949. And, wow. Uh, I'm the fourth of the senior pastors, and uh, the, uh, one who had a great long-term ministry there was Buckner Fanning. And mm-hmm. Buckner influenced me as a kid growing up in Bernie by how he preached. And yeah. later when I would hear big words like urban missiology and urban theology Uh, the church that I would think of that did it was Trinity Baptist Church in San Antonio Mm -hmm. Uh, so it always kind of served as a model for me I enjoyed growing up in Bernie and being a part of uh, First Baptist there the the sense then of Trinity having a partnership with uh, churches from across denominational uh, lines of just saying we're we're all in this together, yeah. you know. So let's join together in a common effort of, of helping to meet the hurts of people by the gospel of Christ, mm-hmm. and that's really what my passion is. So as, tr- as Trinity is in a, a wonderful kind of renewing phase, it yeah. is, it's a it's a light to be here for a long term effort. Uh, San Antonio continues to grow as a world class city. Uh, Trinity being a church seeking to serve in the world uh, and joining together in the efforts of others. That's awesome. We're so glad to have you here as part of the city and and ministry to so many different people. Um, Let's go back a little bit in time to to about your mid-teenage years. There we go. That's about when uh, (laughs) when I understand you started preaching. Yeah. And so how how does a teenager go from, I mean, today we look at teenagers and, you know, they're playing games or hanging out with their buddies. You know, they're not thinking about writing their sermon and, and studying the Word of God yet. When you were at that age, that's exactly what you were doing. How, how did yeah. how do you how did you develop that heart to do that? Yeah, well, and uh, uh, you know, I did the other stuff alongside it. Yeah, I became uh, decided at twelve that uh, I needed Christ in my life, and then Mark just became natural. I thought, well, I, you know, I've known these people. I'm going to school with my mm-hmm. life, and I'm going to be here for a long time. So I said, let's start getting together. Uh, so my friends and I starting together from the seventh grade through twelfth grade, one night a week. Uh, different people's homes, uh, just to talk about things spiritual. You know, and you led this. This is yeah. something that was just was in your heart, just in my heart. Wow. And and my friends had it in their heart too. And so we worked at it together. And we could talk about hormones and you know, yeah. parents and family life and look at scripture. And and it formed a really unique way for us to be um, a generation of students. Mm-hmm. Then my pastor, uh, George McWilliams, uh, said, I'd like for you to preach for Youth Sunday. Mm. And uh, so I did. And the, the kind of spirit of God touched me to say, "There's, you know, I've, I've got a calling stirring inside you. Yeah. Uh, so I would, you know, I would, you know, play basketball. I carried a basketball around with me wherever I went, Mark. I looked weird, you know, like I had this long extension in yeah. my hand because <laughs> uh, I was really into basketball also. But I had a uh, back surgery uh, when I was 15, and it was a did experimental surgery, and I still played basketball after that. But it no longer was my heart passion mm-hmm. as I went through that long recovery, and it turned more and more to around leadership and living the gospel and sharing the gospel. Uh, so I just kind of felt my life beginning to, to change and turn in that direction. Now, I understand your your dad studied law. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah, for 50 years. Did he, he want you to kind of go that route? Did- 
uh, or, or when yeah, he, he was great about that. He was involved in law and politics and kind of behind the scenes there. And I thought seriously about that mm-hmm. and uh, kind of pursued it for a while. But he was really good about saying, you know, you, you need to live your life. Yeah. God's got to work in your life. And so you need to be true to that, though it would have been a lot of fun. Yeah. When Dad passed away, which is about a decade ago, he though, wanted me to have his all of his law furniture. So in my office and study now at Trinity Baptist Church, uh, is a law furniture that uh, Dad used How through cool the years because he's his mother had prayed that he'd be a lawyer. I mean, he'd be a minister. Mm. And when he chose law, she began to pray that one of his sons or t- children would be a minister. Mm-hmm. And Dad never told me about that prayer wow. until I was already in seminary because he didn't want it to, you know, con- control me. But right. but given that I was living out the calling, so that when he passed on. He said, you know, I'd like for uh, this furniture to be part of the, uh, the work of the gospel. And I, I said, mean, well, you just took two of us to answer uh, our, my grandmother's prayer. Yeah, yeah, how neat is that? Yeah. As a pastor, what what would you say to um, maybe someone that's listening? Maybe maybe there's a teenager that's mm-hmm. listening that um, they really – their heart is to pursue something else, but they really feel that they're – that uh, his or her parents are really pushing them to do something that they're not quite happy doing. Yeah. How um, – yeah, you know, your parents were support, supportive yeah. when you yeah. said, no, I, I don't necessarily want to uh, go after law. I want mm-hmm. to go after the law of God. I want yeah. to I want to go yeah. and, and be this. What would you say to a, to a young kid today that yeah. uh, might be in those shoes but that doesn't have that support for the parents? Yeah. Every one of us, Mark, has to answer four basic questions. What is my life vision? Who are my life relationships? What's my life work? And what will be my legacy? Hmm. And when parents aren't supportive and encouraging uh, each one to find the answers on his, his or her own, and particularly being able to find the answers out with God's help and God's leadership, then it, it does put more responsibility on the individual to find other resources. So look for people. From you look at their life and you think, you know, that person's, you know, he seems, seems to have it together. They seem to be pursuing a, a good vision. They seem to be in good relationships with mm-hmm. people, seem to be passionate about their work. Uh, they seem to be strong to finish well their legacy. Uh, go with them and ask them what you know. What enables you to do this? Uh, and then, if can I have the privilege of talking to you? I got some questions that I have. So, if the parents aren't able to do it, then God will provide other people to step into the person's life yeah. for that. In the life of the church, that can be Sunday school teachers and some other uh, leadership in the life of the church uh, to be that kind of person. You know, I'm, I imagine there's many, many, countless of people that have been hurt uh, by their own parents, maybe even hurt in ministry, mm-hmm. hurt by their own loved ones, uh, be it a spouse, uh, uh, an aunt, an uncle. Uh, I know that uh, that part of your passion is is to minister in this area uh, of reconciliation, and you have uh, this uh, Christian Reconciliation Ministries, Healing Hurts and Building Hope. Right. Tell, tell us a little, bit, a little bit about that. Yeah. It, uh, I, I think what we do in life kind of unfolds out of our story of origins, like mm-hmm. what you're talking about. For me, growing up in Bernie, it, at that time, it was just it was a small uh, German Hispanic community, and you know, so we saw each other at the post office, school every yeah. day, you know, the grocery store, uh, the football games, basketball games. So we knew we needed to know how to get along with each other. Mm-hmm. And so part of learning how to be in community is just knowing how to get along with each other. Then it began to dawn on me. That this big word in the Bible called righteousness, Hmm. what is that really? Well, I think a way of understanding it is it just means living in a right relationship with God, a right relationship with people, a right relationship with yourself is the way to live a happy and our best life. So reconciliation means when things have gotten off track 
and we're in a broken relationship with God, uh, Christ comes to heal that by offering uh, himself as really a Savior yes. and following him as Lord. Uh, when it gets off track with people, it's how, learning how to talk heart-to-heart, face-to-face, to say, you know, help me understand what, what went wrong here. Uh, what did I do? Yeah. Or to say, you know, you may not have been aware of it, but I need to tell you right. that my, um, my feelings were hurt here. I was and offended. Yeah. I was offended. I, just, I want to get this clean and straight. I don't want to sit and stew about it. Sure. So because that always weighs us down, you know, it weighs down a marriage, it weighs down brother and sister relationships, the life of the church. But then also being able to do that mirror check every morning, looking in the mirror and to say, you know, am I living uh, in a right relationship with myself in light of God's grace? Mm-hmm. And then coming to God to say, you know, uh, help me here. So it's very, very, uh, very simple understanding of this really profound truth that God makes it possible for us to get it back together. Mm -hmm. So the big word righteousness and another word of reconciliation actually are two words brought together, re-doing it again, Mm -hmm. conciliar, which means uh, once this was together. So bringing back together once was. So as a kid growing up in Bernie, learning how to do friendships over a long term, sustainable, and then also, uh, tragically, the church, the church of God, the, the church of our Lord Jesus Christ, has been divided through the years around mm-hmm. denominations and fussing and feuding right. about this and that. And that really, uh, I think that hurts the heart of God. Absolutely. And it also makes it really difficult for non-believers to say, well, you know, if you guys and gals can't get it together, why should I listen exactly. to you? Exactly. Why would I ever want to be part of that? <laughs> yeah. So the sense of creating conversation to say, okay, now what all do we have in common? As Christians, we got you know we have everything that's essential that's in common. Yes. So let's see what we can do by building off of that and go from there. Then what Paul would write about later when I learned and understand that Paul wrote uh, you know a follower of Christ, an apostle in the early yes. church, in a book called Galatians three twenty eight. He said that anyone in Christ Jesus um, is uh, is not divided by being Jew or Greek, slave or free, male, male or female. female. So, meaning there should not be an ethic or national difference. We're all equal to God. There would be no economic differences, and there would be no uh, gender preferences. Men and women are equally important to God. Right. So, taking that and then taking Jesus' call out of Luke four, you know, about you know giving release to the captive. Uh, uh, sight to the blind, uh, yes. releasing the oppression that people feel within their life. That was the call of Jesus, uh, that that's to be our call also. Mm-hmm. So reconciliation ministry is a way of pulling it all together and helping people to live in these right relationships. So then I've been uh, privileged to be a part of uh, a network of people from around the world who have uh, worked in Northern Ireland, work in the Balkans, they've worked in uh, regions of uh, Rwanda and South Africa, mm-hmm. as well as in parts of the United States, to say we really, you know, we we need each other. We can yes. learn from each other's best practices of how God can create a healing in the midst of really divided communities, and mm-hmm. so that's what we've been after. Wow, um, you mentioned the word righteousness, and then I was reminded of the scripture that says that the uh, prayers of the righteous mm-hmm. avails much. Yeah. And uh, how can we gain that righteousness? Obviously, that comes only through the righteousness of God. But um, the reconciliation is so tied into that. Um, 
What about the folks? I mean, maybe someone's listening, and, and um, you know, we can we can hear what you're saying. We can read the scripture. We can get discipled in church to the point where we can say, okay, I think I've built up enough strength where I can go now and face my dad who mm-hmm. abused me, or mm-hmm. face my mom, or, or whoever, uh, and try to reconcile that. But what about someone uh, that that uh, was offended by somebody else, a close friend, let's say, that is no longer around? They've they're they're dead. Yeah. How do you reconcile? How, how are you able to do that if that person is no longer around? Wow, the way that touches a lot of lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one is is write a letter to that person mm-hmm. as a prayer, saying, "Dear God, that's a great idea." Uh, my uh, this this person, a friend, a family member, died, and we weren't right with each other. Or I feel like this person really hurt me, mm-hmm. or I really hurt this person. Yeah. And uh, it's too late to have that face-to-face here on earth. But I need to have this healed, this fracture in my life to be healed. And therefore, I'm going to write a letter of all that hurt like as a prayer to God. Yeah. And to say, God, I give this to you now. Would you uh, your, uh, release your Holy Spirit in my life where the burden of this, the shame, the guilt, mm-hmm. the ache, uh, will no longer hold me back from living my best life? I just release the anger. I release the hurt. Behind any hurt that's not healed, then uh, we get angry. Mm-hmm. And any anger that's not resolved, then we become resentful. Wow. And any resentful that's not dealt with and eventually leads to despair. Mm-hmm. And we're, so God wants the hurt to get healed so that we won't be motivated by anger. We can be informed by it, you know. Yeah. And because once anger has done its work of informing us that we've been hurt, then it served its purpose. Yeah. Like Jesus said in Matthew 5, let go of it. Mm-hmm. Let go of it. It'll destroy you otherwise. Yeah. Once you it's be angry, other, but do not sin. Exactly. Don't what Paul it. would write in Ephesians, right. be angry, but sin not. And uh, so, I mean, both Paul, Jesus saying that, and Paul said that, knowing that happens to everyone. Anger happens to sure. everyone. But it, 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 and we live in a world that sells anger. Get mm-hmm. your power by being angry. Form your wedge groups by being angry. But that's yeah. not, that's not going to create sustainable community or a happy life. So uh, look at the hurt behind the anger. Look at the anger behind a resentment. Look at the resentment behind despair. And just kind of say, God, help me track this thing down so that I can get at the very source of this and that you can heal this in my life. So if this issue isn't resolved, if you don't really just face it and deal with it, we end up in a downward spiral. Where it's just getting yeah. worse and worse yeah. and worse. Yeah. Wow. Very very true, Mark. What I've come to understand in my own life, mm-hmm. as well as the life of others, is that whatever is unfinished stays unfinished until we finish it. Yeah. So in our relationships, the family of our origin, uh, the ones we're working with, friends if there's some unfinished business there it's going to eat on us mm-hmm. it's going to drain away valuable energy until we get it finished now sometimes all we can do is keep the door to our heart open yeah and then the other person has to choose whether they're going to open their door crack it but if our door is open then we've done all the work that we can possibly do, mm-hmm. and God will honor that and help set us free from the hurt behind that. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for your passion. I know that mm-hmm. you're ministering to a lot of people, not just here during this uh, time on the radio, but uh, they're at the church, they're mm-hmm. at Trinity Baptist in yeah. your congregation. So anybody that's listening that um, that says, hey, I, I need to know more about that, uh, we invite you to come by and visit Trinity Baptist Church with Pastor Les Holland. Pastor, let's move on to uh, maybe another passion of yours. What, sure. what do you enjoy getting from the Scripture? What uh, you're a teacher, you're a philosopher, you're a doctor. Um, 
What do you like most about the Bible? Is there a certain story? Is there something that really uh, touches you or has you've seen it reach out to people? Yeah. Uh, What a great question for all of us to ask and then answer. You know, there are 31,100 verses in the Bible, you know, (laughs) 1,189 chapters, and they're all inspired by God. They're all gifts of God. But each of us, me, for what I need to do is listen to the voice of God in the Scripture. And that's my delight. When I, it's, it's as though I can hear God say, be still and know that I'm God. Yeah. Or I can hear the father, the prodigal son say, this my son who was lost is yeah. now found. Yeah. The, sense of, uh, the, the, the sense of Jesus saying, um, look at that log in your own eye before yeah. you go after that little speck in somebody else's eye. They, they, just call, they grab me by the collar. They say, pay attention. And let let the spirit just do work then inside me. So, I like to study a lot of different ways. I read different translations, mm-hmm. kind of keep keep translations fresh. Then I uh, do word studies. You know, pay attention to particular words. Yeah. And they're like keys that unlock doors That's of the meaning. Then uh, I look at the, the story format that Jesus you know, frequently would tell stories or the stories of, of great people of the Bible, like Elijah and Elisha. Yes. So I listen, what's going on in the story? And then, so what's going on in the story is there's a promise of God. There's tension. Is it going to be acted upon or not? Is it going to be trusted or not trusted? There's t- frequently opposition, mm-hmm. kind of push pushback. Yeah. And then as people were willing to trust the story, then God provides his breakthrough. He says, so this is how it works. Yeah. Then I come back and say, okay, now what does that mean for me? Uh, and another thing, another way that I, the scriptures speak to me, uh, Mark, is spending it over every morning I'll take about seven minutes in bed before I get out of bed so I'm safe to the world you know mm-hmm. I can be a really unsafe person my attitude <laughs> if I'm not first getting myself just kind of focused and yeah. spirit and I don't do that just because I'm a pastor I do that because I'm a human being who's a follower of Christ Jesus who's very imperfect mm-hmm. so then I'll, I'll think about a verse of scripture claim it as a promise of God let it kind of work through my soul push the snooze button a time or two get my feet yeah. on the ground you know then I'm good to go for the day but once or twice a week, I need to spend about you know ninety minutes to three hours, just letting the word speak its message to me. Yeah, and then it kind of forms me and shapes me. That's awesome. We've got about maybe about five minutes before we um, our, our time is up. So let's let's talk a little, little bit about your church. What can yeah. someone expect when they come by? And they've already heard you. They say, "Hey, I want to come by and hey. and check out this pastor and talk to him, get to meet him, and shake his hand." What can they expect when they walk through the doors of Trinity Baptist Church? They can meet a people who love them. Our real focus is to be people of love. Yeah. Uh, five generations. So whether children or youth and adults of all ages, to be people of love. We have three campuses right in the heart of the city. Our three campuses are located off of just 281, if you're headed south from the airport, mm-hmm. uh, just two miles north of downtown. We have our Sanctuary Educational Space Campus at 319 East Mulberry Avenue. So they can come in and they can get a whole host of mini- uh, ministries, including Upward Basketball, that we're going to be launching for Central San Antonio. Uh, uh, registration begins next month yeah. for kindergartners through grade six. And it'll be a wonderful time for people, you know, for kids to learn how to, you know, pass and shoot and rebound, but play as a team. Learn about how, how do you do this as 
uh, in the environment of being a Christ follower. When does this start? The, the games, practice is beginning December. Games are January and February, but registration uh, begins is in October through the first part of November. Is this the first time you do this? It's a, it's a first time that we've Trinity has done this, and first time it's been offered in the central part of, yeah. of San Antonio. What We're, a great way to keep the kids off the streets and oh, out of yeah, trouble. And, yeah, and, and we do a lot of that work. Of We do global mission work from, you know, uh, whether it's Guatemala or Ghana. Mm-hmm. Uh, East, East Europe, but we also do really connecting ministries across the street. Yeah. We're a regional congregation where, uh, where people come from all sectors of the city uh, onto their campus for worship on Sunday morning or Wednesday evening, which mm-hmm. is our some discipleship, fellowship meal time. But we also have two other campuses that are near each other. Yeah. We have a former elementary school called the Rubel Center. And that's where Alpha Home is based, which is a, it's a large partnership beyond Trinity in the area. But we, that began as a ministry of Trinity Baptist Church. And mm. It's a place where women who are recovering from chemical dependency through, through a faith motivation can move through recovery. Mm-hmm. Our third campus is the newest one. That's TriPoint. Yeah. That's located at 281 in St. Mary's. So it's a big operation, seven acres. And it's a front there, great place. Thank you. It's a yeah. wonderful front door to the community where people can come into Grace Coffee Cafe, get coffee, sit down, use their Wi-Fi, visit with people. Yeah. We have meeting rooms where people from business can come there or have Bible studies. We have a large gathering center, like where the mayor of San Antonio began his 2020 vision, was mm-hmm. there. Chamber of Commerce has met there, and we also do premier films. We have on Sunday evening from 5 to 10, college students can come and get free coffee, yeah. study, be in their work groups. Uh, we have computer space, which is uh, there also. And then we're in partnership with the, the YMCA that uses about half of that space uh, for kind of state-of-the-art health and wellness. Well, what a great community outreach. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome you guys are offering that. How can people get a hold of, uh, of you guys? Do you have a website? Uh, is there a phone number that maybe someone can call you and find out more information? Yeah, thanks, Mark. Uh, TrinityBaptist.org can do that. People can email me at les, L-E-S, at TrinityBaptist.org. You mean they have direct contact? They have direct access Through the, to yeah, the email. Yeah. It goes right there. All right. Uh, then also 210-733-6201 is our, is our telephone number. Our website, uh, you can go to, just kind of Google it, find it, uh, and it's a wonderful way to stay in communication. My messages are, are on there. I have a visual devotional called My Prayer for You, and then the array of our ministries are provided. Pastor Les Holland with the Trinity Baptist Church. Again, the address is 319 East Mulberry, San Antonio. Number is 210-733-6201. Pastor Les, it's been a pleasure and an honor to have you here in studio. Mark, you're fun to be with. All right. Well, God bless you, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you've had a chance to get to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, simply submit your nomination at kslr.com. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.